one of the things I love about uh, attending these conferences and reporting uh, from them is I get to see people instead of meeting them online. The last time I got to speak with Ari Sussman in person was uh, on the Guayabalas project down there in Colombia, and so I finally get to sit across the table from him now. Ari, welcome, welcome to Colorado. Thank you, and awesome to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you. You're going to be uh, frequenting this state as you uh, your son's attending that he, dreadful school. <laughs> he sure is. He started his first year Boulder, and he's already having a good time. Great, congratulations to you Thank and you. the family. Uh, let's talk about uh, Guayabalas. Your continued. Uh, just incredible drill intercepts coming out of the Apollo uh, deposit there. The latest reported last week, uh, holy cow, 451 meters of 2.67 grams per ton gold equivalent and obviously higher grade, shorter intervals in there. I mean, with these latest drill results, kind of give us a rundown of, of what we're seeing. So last week was, was I think, our most important release uh, of the last maybe three or four months because... It expanded both the shallow outcropping portion of, of the deposit itself, the part that will potentially be mined by an open pit in the future, and then it also expanded the dimensions of the overall system as well. So we saw growth of size overall and growth of shallow mineralization in the same release. The, the big takeaway, I think, which is important for, for listeners, is the new part of the shallow is that we have the veins which overprint the porphyry come to surface, meaning where the porphyry comes to surface, it then starts to go deeper, it starts to plunge, mm -hmm. you know, as it moves northward. The veins overprint the porphyry, but they came out the top side of it and continued all the way to surface, and they're sheeted veins. So instead of thinking about individual narrow veins, we think about a series of sheets, and they're going to be mined by bulk. So it's really large, enlarging the footprint of the system, which will hopefully drive better economics, or go to even better economics in a future mine scenario. Okay, and give us, where are you at with the directional drilling? That's a huge part of, of Apollo right now. Yeah, so to, to, in order to eventually get to a resource estimate, we need to do directional drilling. We have a vertical ore body with part of the topography being relatively steep. So we've just completed the first fan of four holes. Okay. So you drill a mother hole, to, a, to a, a, a shallower elevation, you stop, you, you cut directions, yep. and then you fan out. And so we finished that. The mother hole is now currently being expanded to about 60 meters deeper, and we're gonna do another four holes. So that's underway. We should have results from those, those first four holes, maybe in late October, all four cut the ore body. No, no question about it, they cut mineralization. Did they end in mineralization? No, because we purposely drilled. We're trying to drill out the other side. Do you think? We're, do you think you figured out how wide this thing is? No, we only no. So we're okay. Remember the model when you were at site. It's yeah. an upside down carrot that's right. getting wider and wider as you go down. We have no idea how wide or how wide it gets or how deep it goes. We're focused on the shallow. So in the upper part, in part of it, yes, we know where a side is. We know the southeast side of the system. We do not know where the northwest side is, but we're first coming across to the southeast side. Then we're going to start with a second directional rig, probably by about November 1st, and it's going to go in the opposite direction to start probing that northwest side to see where the edge is. Okay. How many, how much, how many more drill holes, I mean, other than these uh, directional drilling, I mean, I guess how many more drill holes do you? How much is how and how much more is enough at Apollo, right? 
So you got to look, you got to you got to back calculate what it will take to get to a resource estimate and what kind of spacing you need to do that. Okay. Okay, so in the top 250 meters from surface, we're out about 100 meter center spacing. So that would equate to an inferred resource, not something we're going to do. Um, we'd like to get indicated resource, which would be 50 to 60 meter spacing over the first 500 meters from surface, and below that into inferred, which may be able to go as wide as 100 or 150 meter spacing. The directional will accomplish all that for us. Why not inferred up, up top? Because inferred resources aren't trustworthy. There's just too much spacing and, and no one can rely on them. So, you know, I've been through this multiple times. The grade will change immensely with time. I think our system, the more you drill it, the better it's going to get in terms of its grade profile. So let's at least when we have our first estimate, when we go to put some cost parameters around a mine, we're at least looking at a, a, a something that is close enough to something rep what might represent a future scenario, inferred isn't trustworthy. I, I don't like it, but I think we should almost abolish the category in some ways. Okay. Uh, I can only, I, I can probably say, have a couple guesses of some of the questions you've got this morning. Uh, I would assume people are asking you, is Apollo big enough? Obviously the grade's there, but is Apollo big enough? Can you open pit mine in Columbia where you're at? And don't you need to find another Apollo, such as a Plutus? Am I right? Am I so? You're you're right on two and three. On one, no, because it is okay. big Apollo, right? Okay. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know what it's ultimately going to be, but it's 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 very easily multi millions of ounces of gold equivalent already. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the answer on can you open pit mine in Colombia? The largest mines in Colombia are all open pit. I mean, people need to realize that the largest open pit coal mine in the world is in Colombia, named Cerrojón. It's owned by Glencore. Okay, the third largest nickel mine in the world is owned by South 32 called Cerro Matoso. It was just granted a, a, a very lengthy mining license extension. Um, as far as Colombia goes, from a permitting jurisdiction, there were two juniors granted permits in the last, I think it's maybe five, four or five months in the country. You know, one is in rare earths, listed in Canada, and the other is our neighbor, our next door neighbor, RS Mining with Marmato, uh, granted. So, last part of your question, you know, on on permitting an open pit, we're in a mining camp. There are ten permitted operating mines in within two miles of us. Okay, so this is an area. If you want to permit as a government, it's already done for you. You just have to issue another one. I don't see any challenges here. You know, if we're open pit mining. And I guess my last point, we're not going to have a giant pit. We're not going to be Serajon. That's not the kind of deposit that we have. It doesn't lend itself to that. It will be a small footprint pit, and then it will go underground. Okay. I, I guess, the, and then the third question about Plutus. I mean, I, I would assume so you, let's need, to find, you need to find another. Do not need to, but we're going to because of the geology. Okay. Okay, so this is, you know, we're fully convinced now. I was just on site last week with my whole technical team. We're at the tip of the iceberg of what's going to come here, right? We have a fully intact porphyry system here, okay? Brecciation near surface, porphyries at depth. We now have a model to find more of these brecciated fingers. And so we're starting to test them. Plutus, we're in the north of Plutus drilling right now. We just completed our second hole. We're starting our third hole. We've hit brecciated with, brecciated with mineralization in the second hole. Brand new area. 
fingers crossed it has great. Obviously, the lab will be the truth machine. Visually similar to what you saw at Apollo? Different. It's vein mineralization flooding the breaches, so it definitely will not have copper in it. It will be gold, silver if it has anything, okay? And then, and then we're going to be drilling a target six around Apollo, which we now believe is not part of Apollo at all. It's another porphyry intrusion. <laughs> okay, we're related to the ME target, which is on our website, on, on, our, on our target map. And we'll be drilling there imminently, and, and there's breccia there too. So we're starting with this shallow outcropping breccia targets. And in 2024, we're going to go deeper for the, for, the, for the porphyries, which are telescoping and dumping their mineralization into these breccias above. Okay. That is the model, and we now convince that's the system here. And look at our neighbor, Marmado. I mean, they, have a, a, they don't have breccias, but they have a vein system up top, and they've got a reduced porphyry at depth, which they're going to production on. We think we're hopefully going to have porphyries with copper in them, not reduced. That's what that means. Um, at depth and, and, and quite exciting. And so we want to see what this project can give because we think it's going to give a lot to investors and ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I am continue to be a shareholder of the company and I was having a conversation with uh, you know a, a colleague a couple days ago and we were talking about the drilling at Guayabalas and Apollo and I said, listen, obviously it's high mineralization. We, there's a lot we don't know about Apollo outside of you know how juicy it looks. And I, and I kind of laughed, I was like, there's this game I play with my kids called Yeti in my spaghetti, where you have to pull these like spaghetti strands out before the Yeti falls into the bowl, right? Okay. And I said, you know, in some ways it's almost like the, the drilling diagram of Apollo looks like Yeti in my spaghetti, because I have a hard time, I really do have a hard time making sense of it. I mean, can you kind of like, there's a simple reason for that. Okay, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, so we're, we're, we're limited on where we can drill based on the topography. Mm. Okay, so we, it's not, we're not drilling a flat piece of ground where we can put a grid and pads along the grid and drill in one direction. So we're drilling in different directions. First of all, that's how you get a sense of the geometry and where we put the pads. So that's why there's crisscrossing holes from each other. But you definitely, you, you don't want to drill projects in one direction. A lot of companies do that. Right. You can miss a lot. You know, or you can misrepresent the geometry and the grade by doing that. So that's why it looks like that. But you have to look at it in cross-section. In cross-section, it's very clear, right? When you, that's why people look at sections. It's okay when holes cross each other or come close to each other. You can see what they're doing that way. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about the equity. Uh, you know, how, what, the, the equity is holding up there really well. You can kind of, trading in this range here, it kind of came up from those highs. But around six, six and a half bucks, I guess you could say. You know, is there some distribution going on? Do you have people trying to take positions? It's also very tight, so I don't know. The, the, this is as bad a bear market as I've seen. It reminds me a lot of 2015. Okay. Okay, there's just, there, there aren't really sellers in any stocks. There's no buyers. There's a buyer's strike. Nobody likes this space. We're at this conference. I know the attendance you mentioned is high, but the buy side portion is very low. This is what it was like in 15. So, you know, we're putting out really world-class results, and, it, and it, what does it do? It holds us in there for now. Yeah. That's a tough bear market, but you know, this, this when it's this bearish, it tends to turn, and you remember 16 mm. all too well. Who would have predicted January 2016, but man, it turned, and I think we're getting close to that point. Yeah, what, a catalyst, what do you think? Is it something macro, some... I think it's. I think we all know the recipe. We've seen the government do it over and over again. So yeah. there's going to be another break, whether it's in the banking system or something. It's coming soon. Interest rates are still climbing higher, right? The stress on the system is increasing, and eventually there'll be something big enough will break 
that they will reverse course and they will start cutting. I personally think we're close. You see Europe slipping into recession. Germany's already... Germany's been there, yeah. Yeah, it's already getting bad. You know, China's stimulating like crazy to try and avoid major problems. And it's not working. It's not working. And I, and, I, and I think it's there. And we're seeing a lot of countries really dumping their U.S. treasuries hard now. The Middle East, obviously China. I think we're close. You know, whether close is tomorrow or six months or nine months, I don't know. No, but I don't have a crystal ball, but... Yeah. It's there, you know, you can see it on the streets also. I mean, people are, are starting to stop, their, slow their spending down. Yeah. I think it's coming. All right. Uh, you got traded up to the big board on the TSX. We did. Yeah. Uh, is that something you wanted to do, willing to do? You know, how, how does that work out? I've never been listed on the venture previously, so this was really getting back to where, okay. where I'm comfortable <laughs> with other companies. So, yeah, look, you know, you, 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 the, the TSX main board offers you really two things. Um, it offers you the chance to get into indexes that you couldn't make you know, on the venture, and it, and it gives funds, institutional buyers, the ability to margin their shares. They typically can't margin on the lower exchanges, so it increases their liquidity. Hopefully, we'll ultimately increase our liquidity, and maybe we'll list in the U.S. I mean, that's the next thing. I think that's an important step that oh, we yeah? take a good look at, and we're going to look at that. You go to, like, the NYSE American? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd be happy to see that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ari, good to see you. You too, Trevor. Man, uh, it's really exciting times there at the Guayabalas Project. Uh, we're going to be paying close attention. You continue to be a supporter of the podcast. I continue to be a shareholder. And uh, we'll see you more again this fall with a lot more drilling. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.